You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the Common Man's Podcast. Well, I came here for just one drink. And that's all I got now, don't you think? That's right, that's how it all gets started here at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy. Just one drink. Welcome to Cross the Line 1524. We're recording with a live audience as usual. Sit back, relax, and join Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and myself, Alan Stanger, for the Common Man's Podcast. Cross the line, 1524. Somebody please help me off the floor. There is an island off the coast of Nova Scotia which could hold millions in buried treasure. Oak Island. We're here with Cross the Line 1524. I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. We're the 15 side. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt, and we're the 24 side. And Magic Mike. Twenty part of the twenty-four side. Got through it. You got through that one. Good, good job, Mike. So Thank we're you. at the Rusted Nail <laughs> Speakeasy, little Speakeasy outside of Brookville, Indiana, and you just heard the intro music to the Curse of Oak Island. So before we get started, let's hear it from Table Twelve. Good deal. So we're not going to BS a whole lot here because we have a special guest. He's getting ready to call in. From the Curse of Oak Island, the lead archaeologist, Laird Niven. Are you guys excited? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So I'm going to tell him myself. Uh, actually, I'll do it during when he calls in here, but I had got my times mixed up. I thought they were an hour behind us. They're an hour ahead of us, which is a two-hour swing. So he was ready to call at 5 o'clock <laughs> instead of 7. Uh, so, But he's going to call here any second when he gets on the line. We're going to have a good time. Talk a little Oak Island. Talk about his history, what got him into archaeology, and all that good kind of stuff. So. It's awesome to, to uh, listen to him in his theories and follow him around there, that's for sure. Yeah, it be, shall be good. So what's everybody drinking? Uh, other than Mike, we know it's too much. <laughs> yeah, Mike's done. <laughs> well, it, you know. It needs to be water. Hydration. 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 So I just finished off a bottle water in my glass. Of Yellowstone. (laughs) Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah. Regularly. Just a regular regular, Yellowstone. Yep. Yep. I got my favorite ten high and Pepsi Zero. That's that's my go to. Yellowstone for me tonight. I'm drinking gin. Uh I'm on uh ten high and Pepsi tonight. And uh I'm with Dwayne, man. It's a new mix. It's just good. It's good. Yeah. And we had a good meal. Good meal. Some, uh, some American some good in, Legion, some good Legion. Indiana uh, chicken. Yep. Uh, you know, there's one thing to say about Indiana boys: we make the best chicken in the world. That's right. So I'm going to have to re- do in a rebuttal. Southeastern Indiana. Oh, you going to rebuttal me on that one? Yeah, I was in a different county in Indiana today and had some fried chicken, and it was the worst fried chicken I have ever had. Oh man! So is that technically Southeast Indiana? Where you talking no, about? I think yeah, that's a little bit. I don't think so. I think no, I don't think that's Southeast. I don't think so. So you guys ready to talk to Laird? Let's go. We're ready. Absolutely. Should I answer? It's a call from Halifax, Nova Scotia. There you go. Let's take it. This is Alan. Hey, excuse me. Hey, Alan, it's Laird. Hey, Laird, how are you doing? All right, how are you? Doing great, doing great. So I'll give you the little setup here. There's uh, five of us sitting around a little speakeasy bar. So I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt. Mike Gardner. So there'll be a test at the end of the podcast to see if you can remember all of us. <laughs> I've oh. failed it already. <laughs> <laughs> so we all have a cocktail in our hand. Uh, so are you uh, partaking in a beer, or cocktail? I I have a beer right here. There All you right. go. We're, we're, I saw a picture of you and Steve Guptill uh, last night. Yep. So what type of beer? I'm just I, This is a local beer. Uh, it's a propeller uh, Galaxy IPA, it's called. I, All right. Nice. You're an IPA guy. Nice. Mm-hmm. So for our yep. listeners, Laird is the lead archaeologist on the Curse of Oak Island. 
uh, been one of our favorite shows, I'll say for myself, from the beginning, um, and it's come quite a ways. Uh, but I want to first talk about how did you, Laird, get into archaeology? What was what drove you to that line of work? Well, I uh, I did my uh, undergrad in anthropology at Dalhousie University, which is where I met my wife uh, forty years ago. Congratulations! And, uh, awesome. Thanks. And I I was working in a camera store and decided to kind of upgrade my degree. And I was doing an anthropology course, and, and they had a guest speaker in who was the uh, archaeologist at St. Mary's University. And as soon as I heard him speak, I said, that's what I want to do. <laughs> and I got into their program, and I wheedled my way in with him, and, and I guess the rest is history. <laughs> So you, you're born and raised in Nova Scotia? No, my father was in the Army, so uh-huh. I, was, I was conceived in Nova Scotia, born in New Brunswick, um, moved to Germany, and then to Ontario, and then three other places in Nova Scotia before we settled down. Good deal. Gotcha. Good deal. So prior to your work on the Curse of Oak Island, what, and I know you do a lot of other archaeological work, what what were you doing prior, prior to you know, being part of that show? Well, I had my own company. <clears throat> so I've been doing a lot of contracting, ar- contracting archaeology uh, before, including working for uh, Dan Blankenship and Fred Nolan before the uh, before the Laginas were involved in Oak Island. Oh wow! So wow. I was, yeah, pretty pretty busy doing that. Didn't know that. Yeah, that's wow. a little that's tidbit news. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. so what yeah, year I, what year did they bring you on the show? I'm trying to remember when I first saw you on the show. It was um, it was season four. I was kind of on and off in season four. Yeah, and yeah. then more re- more regular after that. So we will tell you that three of us sitting at this bar have been to Oak Island. We went in 2019. Rub it in. And four of us were yeah, going to be no there kidding. in 2020. <laughs> then, you know, we had this thing called the virus, and so that hasn't yeah. happened. So we're, we're familiar with the island, and you know, physically, uh, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, but some of the things we were interested in there, besides the Money Pit and Smith's Cove, were things like... You know the McGinnis Foundation, Samuel Ball's Foundation, and I want we're yep. going to talk about that a lot here. So, um, well, I got I got a question. What piqued my interest here? You were working before the show, working for Blankenship stuff. What what did they bring you in to do? Was it just for for their knowledge to try to find out things, or were you brought in to do something special? It was the, so they previous to I'm going to forget what it was 2011 or so, they were working under what we call the Treasure Trove Act, and that got replaced by the Oak Island Act, um, (laughs) which required an archaeologist to assess kind of their property and things like that. So it was was because they needed an archaeologist to come in and do an assessment of their properties. Oh, okay. Um, Then I I got involved with Dan first, and then Fred called me later. Like a year later. Okay, I was just curious if they had found something maybe and had to and brought you in for you know consult on what they had found. No, it was just procedural. Okay. So, Laird, I, I you said you were traveling around. So, what, what was your first knowledge of Oak Island and this whole this whole mystery going on there? Well, I mean, Oak Island. So it would have been when Dan got involved okay. in the 70s, right? Wow. Um, I didn't have deep knowledge of it, but every Nova Scotia knew it was going right. on. Right, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was then, but I didn't realize the uh, kind of the extent of the attraction, you know, how much Oak Island meant to so many people. So I take it you're uh, again. We we look at the show, and at least from my perspective, we feel like you know you're this guy in the middle getting batted around a little bit between 
between yeah. what you know I, what what the uh, Laginas are trying to do, and then and then protecting yeah. the 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 First Nation uh, history, right? And yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I you know, honestly, I, I might you know, we sympathize a little bit with your, your position <laughs> there. Um, so it, give 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 us your take on that. I I think I'm the only one the island that I mean. I've been hated by the owners. I've been hated by the province. I've been hated by the First Nations, and I've been hated by the fans. <laughs> well, I think some of that, uh, the fan. So there's a lot. There's a lot to be said or not be said about the way the show is edited, and I, yes. I, I, I will. I say I'm going to sympathize with you because they're editing this year. Uh, particularly around you has not been um, what I want to say here. Favorable. Favorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, kind of painting you as the bad person, which obviously you're not. You're just yeah. reporting what you have to report and giving your opinion. Uh, so that is yeah. unfortunate. Um, I, I think the other thing that happens probably is there's, we, when they edit it, you just see this little blurb of you. You know, there's probably an yeah. hour's worth of talking that went on there prior to that little blurb and that's what they show mm-hmm. and I, I think that's any Ain't negative sure. that you're getting from fans is because of the way the show is edited i think personally oh, yeah. right. so well, i yeah, think i mean go ahead sorry overwhelmingly i i feel supported by the fans yeah good Sure. I, I would say in this group here you are you know so hopefully hopefully you feel that in that um, again, so for me and, and watching the show, and I, we've been saying for a long time, again, we've been fans forever, is not sure if there's a treasure there or not, but some interesting stuff happened there for sure. And so for me, it's about the story. Well, part of that story is what you're there to protect too, which is you know, um, you know, what went on before any Europeans may have even been involved. And so... You know the story just goes back deeper than that, and I think it's it's uh, it's encouraging. Your presence, I think, helps people that also see that as part of you know what's important. Um, mm-hmm. It makes us you know makes us feel better about it. We still want to see them you know uh, hoist up a chest, hoist but, up a right. chest of gold, <laughs> right. but but at the same time, just a bar of silver or something. Yeah. But at the, yeah, but at the same, know but at the the same time, um, you know, for for me, again, I'd like to learn more about the First Nations people as well, and mm-hmm. um, and I think you know what Alan was leading to, um, you know, even more about Samuel Ball, which has been kind of, at least in the last season, seems to have kind of been left back, and I, I think. Um, we're aware you've been doing more work around that to yourself, but it just hasn't been displayed on the show. So we're we're interested in that. Yeah, in fact, we're we're we were big into the whole we were big we're big into the whole history part of it. Yeah, you know, mainly like Jeff said, we'd lo- all love to see a bunch of gold and silver, but the show for me probably three years ago kind of changed to being uh, a learning new history, history being uncovered. Discovering history that people didn't know was there. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I I guess two years ago, or la- I guess it was last year, you were doing the Samuel Ball archaeological dig, and then somebody else was in the swamp digging, finding things that, to me, at the time, I was like, how come they're not doing this like Laird does his digs? Because they were pulling things out of that swamp that, to me, you know, were archaeological finds. So what happened yeah. this past year is that's exactly what happened. The rules changed, and then when obviously you found the pottery there, that changed everything. So yeah, yeah, we actually found we actually found two sites. They didn't. I don't think they showed that, and and no, for some reason they concentrated on pottery, right. which was just kind of. The, tip of the iceberg of what we found really oh wow yeah 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 it doesn't yeah, so i don't know why. yeah it doesn't fit their narrative they're about right. treasure not about pottery and the history quite as much so is that something yeah. you, is that something you can talk about more that part of it well i think the the, the show's over right 
so the season's, the season's, season's over. Season's over. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we were looking in in the southeast corner of the swamp. You know, it was an unexplored area for the most part. I think the rest all said we found some rest all workings in there. And we just went in to, to, to see what was in that little piece of land. Um, and as we were digging, we found some rocks. So the one of the research questions was, does the stone path go to the east? Does it go further off towards the money pit? So when we found the rocks, we stopped the excavator and started digging by hand. And, you know, that's proper archaeological oversight. Right, right. And, uh, and when we did that, that's when we started finding the First Nations stuff. We found historic stuff as well, uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, but that's how, that's how that whole scenario happened. But right. We found ceramics and, and what we call arrowheads or projectile points and stone flakes and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, see, they didn't show... All they showed was pottery. They didn't... <clears throat> Those couple little pieces. Yeah. So, yeah. I have a question. I mean, it's it's been decades. I mean, you've been involved with it for decades, actually. So, if you had your... And I like to use this term as an aha moment in your career out in Oak Island, what was the aha moment thinking that there's something here for you? On Oak Island? Yeah. It was... Oh, definitely Smith Cove. Smith Cove. The U-shaped, the dating of the U-shaped structure and the slipway. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought U-shaped structure, don't know what it is, but it's going to be 1860. Okay. And and it was 100 years earlier than right. that. Yeah, right. Yeah, so actually when we were... When we were at Oak Islands, when they were excavating that, they wouldn't let us down to yeah. Smith Cove. They blocked us off at... At the money put, we couldn't walk down to Smith's Cove. So. Yeah, I, I remember that in 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, let's see, we went on what was Fourth uh, of July weekend in the States, so they weren't doing any work up there the weekend we were there. Um, so we didn't get to see any – well, we got to see uh, Dave Blankenship was right. there, and then, of course, yeah. Um, Blank here, Charles Barkhouse. Charles Barkhouse, Charles Barkhouse did, the tour. Did, a, did, the did the tour, and it was a little fluky. Uh, we've, we've, so I don't, I don't know if you're aware. So we've, we've talked with uh, Maddie uh, now twice, yeah. I think. Yeah, Maddie Blake, and uh, and actually Robert Clotworthy, who, who I don't know that you've ever met him, you know, but um, I have not. Yeah, so he's a he's just really interesting outside of, of narrating you know the curse of oak island just really interesting story but anyway we came up there um <laughs> and um we made our flight arrangements and we're all set to go and we didn't have tickets for the tour and they were <laughs> and, and they were sold out so yeah. so we yeah, we're going anyway. You know, we're going anyway, and we'll see what we can see. And we could get, we knew we could get on the island in 2019, and 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 at least uh, you know go to the interpretive the center. interpretive center and and that kind of stuff. But uh, so you know, we we got up there uh, on a Friday, I guess, and got on the island and interpretive center and ran into Charles Barkas. There wasn't a lot of people there, but. There's Charles Barkhouse. He came in, so, you know, very, you know, Charles. He's very easy to talk to. And, and so, you know, we're chatting. We got a chance to chat with him and told him, you know, we well, he asked us if we were doing the tour. And we said, well, we, we really, we don't even have tickets. He said, well, he said, he said uh, call, you know, or show up a half hour before the tour. A lot of th- times there's cancellations. Yeah. So, so for us, that's what we did. We, sh- we showed up there and we you know got to the causeway this time they stopped us on the far side of the causeway and the 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 woman out there asked if we had tickets and we said no but we talked to charles barkhouse he said they might have cancellations and without batting an eye she said we've got cancellations just go ahead and 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 tell them i sent you and so so we were able to get the tour and um and you know really enjoyed it and uh it's kind of kind of funny laird because we were we were up there you guys were having a heat emergency it was like 82 degrees <laughs> so 
just so you know, a heat emergency down here in southeast Indiana, it's like, would be. It's like in the 90s. Plus, you know, it's it's up there. So 82, we were chuckling. It was 83 but, today. But then, uh, yeah. yeah, right. But uh, but then we realized no one has air conditioning up there at all. Yeah. So. so that does change things a little hey, bit. Go ahead. The problem, I'm sorry. The, problem, the problem then was Smith Cove with the coffer dam. So we were we had a steel coffer dam. Yeah. Where it was more than 82. Um, and and so we're down below with the steel coffer dam and no no circulation of air at all. Yeah. Yeah, I bet uh, it was warm didn't it. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. humidity is up. Uh, there was no doubt. It was yeah. humid. It was just humid. But uh, yeah, not you were kind of humid, but yeah. so uh, you know we get per- you get portrayed as being the battle between the the government and the the island guys. I mean. I, obviously, you get you get stuck with a lot of restrictions and stuff you have to do and documentation and stuff. Is it really as as daunting as they portray it on on TV? Of what where your stop and gaps your stop gaps are when out throughout your when you're digging and stuff. I think if uh, if there wasn't a TV show, uh, yeah. a lot of this red wouldn't be. Okay. Right. Gotcha. okay. I sort of figured that that may be because they don't want to cross any lines, but well, they want to make it look more drama than it is, too. So, <laughs> and if I, if you don't mind, Larry, I mean, you know, you dug in into the history and stuff like that. Have Have you ever researched any of the of the ships to Oak Island history? No, no, I haven't. No, my, I mean, my real interest is is the Black Loyalist part. Okay. Years ago, I got involved in Black Loyalist uh, research and archaeology in Shelburne, which is uh, you know an hour and a half away from Oak Island, but where Samuel Ball supposedly first came before he came to the island. Okay. So I'm kind of in, in that zone. So the they have other researchers looking at things like ships, and we have a lot of a lot of uh, research going on, and I think just now they're managing to get it coordinated so hopefully it comes together as one one like legible document rather than a whole bunch of people searching everywhere sure sure batesville liquor co located in batesville indiana and tebby liquors in brookville indiana you know it's springtime before too long it's gonna be time for boat drinks and they've got all the ingredients for any boat drink party drink you might want. Do you have a special drink you want? A special cocktail? Can't find it? Give them a call. They might be able to get it in for you. Barrel Picks, they've got Barrel Picks. They have a couple new ones coming in. Of course, you just heard us talk about Old 55. We'll let you know when that's in. And they've got a couple other ones that'll be in shortly. We'll make sure to let everybody know when those are in. If you're looking for beer, you're looking for wine, you're looking for cocktails, you're looking for bourbon, vodka, tequila, it doesn't matter what it is. Batesville Liquor Co. is a place to go. They're located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana, or check out Tebby Liquor, Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. Tell them the Cross the Line 1524 crew sent you. Make sure to check out that bourbon aisle they got. There's some good picks there. Make sure you friend and follow them on Facebook. They have tastings that they'll post on Facebook, and they'll let you know when new products are in. That's right. Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana. Gilman Home Centers with 14 locations in Indiana and Ohio. You know what? It's time for your lawn and garden needs, and they've got it. Be the envy of your own neighborhood. They've got seeds. they got plants. They have fertilizer and potting soils. Everything to get your garden started. Tool rentals? Do you need a tiller? Or a mini excavator, maybe, depending on how big you're doing. They've got them. Check out Gilman Home Center's tool rental section. Last but not least, it's that time of year to start fishing. And check out their fishing supplies and get your fishing license. All at Gilman Home Centers, your one-stop shop for all your home improvement needs. Check them out at gilmanhomecenters.com for the nearest location to you. Are you tired of hearing the same old songs over and over on the radio? Every single hour, the same tune? Well, it's time for something different. 
check out Hometown Radio USA, the best independent music, hits from yesterday, hits from today, podcasts, and so much more. Hometown Radio USA, you can find it on the web at www.hometownradiousa.com or at the App Store or on Google Play. Hometown Radio USA, reimagining radio and coming to you in your hometown. Looking for a Heisen side-by-side or ATV? How about a youth model Tau-Tau quad or dirt bike? Stop by Hoosier Power Sports at 7892 Schumann Road in St. Leon, Indiana, or visit our website at HoosierPowerSports.com for the latest inventory. We are the Tri-State's largest Heisen and Tau-Tau sales and service center with a large selection in stock all the time. Don't shop the other guys who just want you to leave a deposit and maybe you'll get a side-by-side sometime this year. We've got plenty in stock all the time. Hoosier Power Sports at 7892 Schumann Road in St. Leon, Indiana, or visit our website at HoosierPowerSports.com. So the show pro, uh, pro, uh, portrayed <laughs> Samuel Ball as being this rich person who bought all this land, was real wealthy, probably got his wealth yeah. from finding treasure on Oak Island. So yeah. t- tell us the truth of Samuel Ball after you've done your archaeological <laughs> dig. This is why Jack calls me negative Niven. In terms of artifacts, he's uh, like lower, kind of lower middle class, we think. Um, He's got a lot of, like, nothing spectacular. For us, I'm a pottery guy, a ceramics guy, so the ultimate in ceramics is porcelain, like Chinese export porcelain. And there's none of that on Samuel Ball's site. It's all pretty run-of-the-mill kind of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. And everything else, one big thing we found is that you know he died in 1842. And he, we, we thought his occupation ended then. But in 2019, we found evidence that somebody was there for another at least 50 years. Oh, wow. Um, gonna, okay. That's interesting. I'm going to forget his, his servant's name. Yeah, he had willed everything to his servant. Yes. If yeah. I recalled right. It, it, under condition, he took his, his, the name His Ball, name, yeah. Yep. Which he never did, but it looks like he actually stayed there. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was kind of cool. But the most, uh, and I was just looking at this button the other day, the really cool thing that Alex Lagina found um, two years ago was this commander's button. Uh, so Royal, who's the Royal Navy, he was a Royal Navy commander, and we found this gold-plated button on the Samuel Ball site. And the commander, you've seen, I don't know if you've seen Master and Commander, but he's kind mm-hmm. of one of the top guys on the on the uh, in in the on a ship in the Royal Navy, right? And his his responsibility was loading and offloading the ship, um, which we found at the same time as they thought they found um, wharves off Samuel Ball's property off Lot Twenty Five. Um, so that was a kind of a really cool thing to find for us, but. If we go back and look at the at the assumptions for uh, for Samuel Ball, so one assumption was that he was a cabbage farmer. Um, if you look at the documents, there's actually no evidence for that. Okay, because <laughs> uh, I often wonder. Okay, because okay. yeah, that's my yeah, sense. I think there's there's an island. There are two islands off of uh, off of Oak Island called in, in Mahone Bay called Big and Little Pancook. They're oh. famous for their sauerkraut. And so, uh, in the history of those islands, uh, sauerkraut didn't come until 1808. Um, and we have no evidence. We do have people looking into it. We have no evidence that Samuel Ball had any interaction with the Royal Navy. Um, because that was supposed to be as much, that was treasure apart. Um, cabbage was supposed to be his money maker. Right. And the assumption is that he traded with the Royal Navy. Um, and we figured out, I actually, two years ago, sat down and we figured out he had probably eight acres of arable land, cultivated land, 
and I don't have the statistics here, but he could have grown a lot of calves. <laughs> um, but again, we don't have the documentary evidence for that. Well, and, and the other. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Cabbage is based on the old shipping for scurvy, battling a scurvy and well, sauerkraut, seafood, sauerkraut, yeah, sauerkraut for diseases, right? So it would have been a high oh, demand. Yeah, no, yeah. It, yeah, it was a it was a viable commodity, right? Uh, but then he would have needed a fair bit of processing. Uh, he would have, it would have been the processing of cabbage into sauerkraut would have would have been. Uh, Something we'd see on the ground, you know, right. would have been evidence. Right. Well, you'd have a building, yeah. you'd have crocs, right? You know, all the stuff yeah. to store it to be sure. able to ferment it. So right. it's it's not like you just whipped up some cabbage and threw it in a bag and, and sent it down. You got sauerkraut. No. So, so that being no. said, what 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 do you suspect was how he made his living? Well, the other the other assumption was that he was a blacksmith, and there's no documentary evidence for that either. But, I mean, I've been on the Samuel Ball site. We've looked at the land he's cleared. Uh, have one of his axes. Um, I, I think he made his living clearing the land and cultivating the land. Uh, he may have sold locally. We have no evidence. But uh, he was just a man that worked. And we have evidence that he fished as well. Uh, we've got stone walls that are a 1,000 feet long that, that he and... Uh, I guess Isaac Butler um, created from clearing the land. Um, I, I I think that he put a lot of hard work into making a self-sufficient living for himself and his family. Okay. And perhaps, perhaps had enough crops left over that he could make a, a moderate profit. Okay. And he could have worked the docks too on the inbound ships and things like that. So there are yep. other other trade markets he could have been involved in. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing. What's frustrating about historical archaeology is something that happened two hundred years ago. How little is known. A lot of it's not documented, and and that's frustrating. Yeah, unless you're that right person that you know is well, it's a puzzle <laughs> pieces, right? Well, you yeah, unless you're that famous person where everything is documented, just the average Joe. Yeah. just went about life and you know moved on and passed on and then the next person just took his place exactly so there's no there's no record that he had children or anything he did i'm not the best person he had children two of which died early and then he had a son after he died but the records are really unclear because obviously he wasn't the sole uh, okay. heir Right, but he had, we believe, two wives and I think at least three children. So outside of so outside of Oak Island and what you've done there, what's um, kind of the most exciting thing you've been involved in in your career? The the stuff that I'm most proud of is the Black Loyalist Archaeology. Um, it was in Shelburne and Birchtown, Nova Scotia. So I grew up. I moved to Shelburne when I was 12, so I essentially grew up there okay. uh, and knew nothing about Black Loyalist presence just six miles away from Shelburne. Um, so I got the opportunity to get in on the ground floor of that and, and um, discover probably 20, no, more than that, 26 new sites um, of Black Loyalist origin. Wow. In Birchtown, yeah, it was a it was a pretty exciting time, and it, it, again, it's it's a, it's a story that still needs to be told, and uh, and Sammy Ball is just one small part of that. You know, I think right. I think that <clears throat> Sammy Ball's connections that he made during the the Revolutionary War um, led him. To Birchtown, there's some connection between he and McGinnis and and whoever else uh, that led him to Birchtown for whatever reason. Um, and I think that's a that's a that's an avenue of history I'd like to see pursued more. So they showed absolutely nothing this year about the Samuel Ball Foundation and, and your archaeological dig there. Was there anything they, filmed there at all this year? And they just no, they, 
They portrayed that accurately. Okay. <laughs> so what what I thought what I thought was awesome is you had some drones do some uh, photography, then did a 3D rendering of the foundation. Yeah. Which is awesome. So I'll share that with these guys. I don't think they've seen that yet. So. Yeah, that was that was just me with my my DJI drone. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So. Yeah, they yeah. kind of left that, you know, last year you were, there was kind of cliffhanger, you know, on, on the foundation. This year, absolutely nothing, nothing. Like zero zilt. So the show has a way They're, of doing that. If they have a dead end, they just don't talk about it anymore. So it didn't well, fit the narrative. So the, 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 the kind of creator of this whole thing was Kevin Burns. Right. The exec producer who died two years ago. Right. And he was he was actually a big proponent of archaeology. So his, his, I mean, that could be part of it, but he's not there to, to encourage this. Right. But last year we were just caught up in, in red bureaucratic red tape that there's no way we could, we had time to even think about going to the, uh, to the ball site. Right. Right. So are you on the Island this year already? Trick question. Well, it's the worst, it's like the worst kept secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've seen the photos yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, when from... I see you and Steve Guttel together in my home bay, I'm, I can put two and two together. And then uh, the lady that lives right across the causeway, she's posting pictures yeah. of stuff going across the causeway. So I'm like, I guess they're yeah. there already. You're going to have to put her on payroll if you want it to be a secret. Yeah. <laughs> and still, tell Steve, I... can't post pictures of you guys having a beer looking out the, <laughs> at the bay. Gives it away. So you two, yeah, you and Steve yeah. seem to, are you guys fr- friends off the show, it, it appears? Uh, yeah, we talk. I mean, he's more, so he's from the Annapolis Valley, which is, you know, across, uh, two hours away from me. So he does more stuff with Ian Spooner. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. No, but we get along really well. Obviously, I had him over last night. You know, so. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that, I'm like, well, Busted. They're, they're working. Well, I just, I just got to say, I give you as an archaeologist and every archaeologist credit because I'd be the guy with the track hoe. Um, <laughs> let me dig, let me dig, 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 just, dig. Let me find because I would not have the patience for the little trowels and stuff. My wife would probably be right there with you because that would be cool. She'd dig and find every little speck, but give me the track hoe, let me dig. It's so. just, it's just, it, it isn't that he's not, he doesn't care. He just has zero patience. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the patience level is zero. But yeah. so I give you credit for that because. I see you digging and you pull the trowel out and I'm like, come on, just pull it. And then all of a sudden you pull something cool out and it's like, well, I'd have missed that because it'll beat over in that pile there that, that they were digging. So I, I do want to give you kudos yeah. for that. Yeah, and I've, I've, we've converted a few people, you know. Um, Gary's never had a trowel in his hand. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I believe, believe that. that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he knows the importance of archaeology. He knows the importance right. of us working together. Right. Which is really great. That's been a great transition because my introduction to the show, I guess apart from the, the kind of hatch thing, was uh, Gary working a lot 24 and me kind of following him around. And the, the reception was pretty chilly, you know, when I first got there. It was <laughs> warm and... They, they he wasn't need- sharing any top pocket finds with you. Well, they need yeah. to bring you in with the theme song, theme song, the theme song from Bad Boys. You know, when you come walking in, they should play that music as you come in. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, after after a couple of hours, I was walking with Gary, and he said, "You know what? You're the coolest archaeologist I've ever met." <laughs> I just let him do his work and watched. Right? We just. Yeah, cooperation. Yeah. Yeah. together. So, a uh, question for you, and I asked this to the. Barkhouse and them there we there do you think we'll find anything you know a better question is <laughs> do what we think we, we'll a find a treasure question, how's that did, did, did something happen on oak island i don't know if we'll find treasure um okay that's kind of kryptonite for for archaeologists sure search right. for treasure unless yeah. you're indiana that jones being, yeah <laughs> yeah that being said I, you know sometimes when i'm trawling away i think you know what am i going to do if, there, if i uncover a gold coin right 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 yeah you're looking for a gold coin we're looking for a good to hold chest of them right right right. yeah 
Well, I've never in my life, I don't think any archaeologist in Nova Scotia has ever found a gold coin. Wow. Okay. First time for everything. That's right. Yep. So the question that they asked you at the end of this season was, do you see the regulations loosening up any on uh, doing stuff in the swamp? with the First Nations regulations. So your answer was you weren't so sure that we would see any relief there. Do you still feel the same way? No, I think there's room for hope. <laughs> well, good. Right. That's good to hear. Good deal. Yeah, because yeah, I, I really the history that's there, unless you have the opportunity to, you know, excavate it in an archaeological dig, we're never going to know. So it'd, it'd be, it's just... That's, I think, all, all of us besides Ruben, who still thinks there's a treasure there in a big chest. We're all about the history, I think. I, I, don't, I, I honestly don't think there's a treasure. I think the treasure is the story yeah. and I, uh, the history itself and uh, where it came. I'm really more, I'm more, more pointed towards where did all this come from and who was involved that yeah. brought it here is me. There's definitely undocumented history on that island. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, if that show has done anything, yeah. it has pointed out the fact that undocumented history yeah. right here on this little island yeah. in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Major things yeah. happen. Are you looking for a fun event for a fundraiser, private party, or bar and restaurant social? Then head on over to letsdoatasting.com Certified bourbon stewards from the Staven Thief Society help lead whiskey and bourbon tastings for your event. Your guests will learn the proper tasting techniques and how to identify flavors in the bourbon. They'll hear about the history of the bourbon and the distilleries that the tastings are coming from. It's a fun and interactive tasting event. You can find them at letsdoatasting.com or on Facebook at Let's Do a Tasting. Get a group together. And let's do a tasting. We all know there's nothing like that taste of fresh honey. It's pure as can be, all natural. Check out Hoosier Creek Farm right outside of Brookville, Indiana. You can find them on Facebook at Hoosier Creek Farm. Learn a little bit about beekeeping, what it takes to get that fresh honey. Remember, how do you know it's pure honey if you don't know the beekeeper? Hoosier Creek Farm, proud to be one of our sponsors at Cross the Line 1524. Did you know that beef jerky is packed with protein and is considered a healthy snack? Check out Stanger Sugar Shack Gourmet Beef Jerky. 100% pure beef with no fillers or additive. MSG free and most flavors are gluten free. If you're eating jerky that has a reddish tint to it, give us a try and see what gourmet jerky tastes like. Our cuts of meat are from the brisket, not ground up, not processed, pure 100% beef. Our flavors include maple pepper, our original lakeside brisket. We have ghost pepper flavor. We have blazing beef sriracha flavor. Gotta try our speakeasy bourbon, our campfire barbecue, and our totally teriyaki flavor. Our favorite though is our old fashioned maple bacon jerky. That's right, we have maple bacon jerky. You can find all of our jerky at all the Gilman Home Center stores throughout Indiana and Ohio, at the Easy Stop Fuel Mart, State Route 46 in St. Leon, Indiana, and of course online at StangerSugarShack.com. Use discount code 1524 to receive a special 10% discount on any online order. Stanger Sugar Shack Gourmet Jerky, what jerky should be. So Laird, I don't know a lot about the First Nation. Can you guys explain that in more detail? The First Nation is in the, it kind of goes back to the the whole serpent mound. Okay. Episode. Um, the province when that aired, the province got a lot of bad, nasty phone calls. Oh. Uh, so I think part of the problem in the First Nations mind is how they were portrayed. Okay. Through that whole thing, because I objected to the whole serpent mound. I wouldn't get involved. In, um, so right now, what we're trying to deal with is, is I think 
it's an opportunity for everybody. It's an opportunity for the Mi'kmaq to get their own voice. Right. And, and tell their story to a very large audience. Um, and that's what I'm hoping is is the outcome of this year, is that we get to work together and, and, and tell their story um, kind of apart from the treasure hunt, but integral to the history of Oak Island. Yeah, right. What a better oppor- you know, opportunity to have this platform laying in front of you and not be able to utilize it. Because um, like Mike said, you know, nobody knows what, right. it, what it is and what it was. So, you know, what a better chance to just educate people and make it entertaining, you know, because it is a TV show. So it's got to be entertaining. But exactly. kind of last year it was <laughs> sorry, but there was a lot of not entertaining happening that they could have done a lot of well, history yeah. and, and a lot of educating on these. They, other things they could to, have cut the episodes Knock 10, 10 episodes out. Mm-hmm. Put some history in about yes. yeah, First Nation. So exactly. everybody knew yeah, right? exactly what's going on there. So hopefully they've heard enough. <clears throat> I know they've heard enough complaints from fans. Sure. Uh, hopefully yeah. they go that direction this year. You know, it's not yeah. all about the treasure. It's the history. Exactly. Well, and I said yeah. either that or somebody 300 years ago sitting down with a chisel and a rock and saying – Hey, let's let's do this in 300 years. Don't drive them so crazy, right? Yeah, chisel this plaque. It was three guys drunk yeah. with a chisel. Two or three guys with a chisel just said, "Let's make some crazy." But so in our area, there is a serpent man from the man yeah. builders. Yeah. So that actually has a, a oh. correlation to us. Yeah. So we're in, we're in an area that was heavily populated by serpent mounds. Uh, yeah, you know, indigenous people. Indigenous, yeah, so, right. um, that's we. Uh, that's history to us. You Absolutely, know, it's, it's part of the history. So I, I'm glad yeah, that that's coming out. Yeah, and I've worked on. We've only found one. Um, it was an Adena burial mound in Nova Scotia. And I've actually worked on that site. So I've been part of the the, the burial mounds. Um, the only one found. So that really? was part of the reason I do them trying to portray that on on TV. Yeah. Well, mainly because it was a it was a, a bulldo or backhoe push up from Fred Nolan. So, <laughs> right. So. Oh, crazy well, you, stuff! Well, you mentioned that, and this I was going to talk about this earlier when you go into looking for the fine stuff, and we talk about digging with the traco. Proof that stuff was missed was this year they were going back through the dig out and in the, the piles spoils. of the spoils, and they were finding things as they would go sift and sort through there. They were finding things that just got bulldozed out because nobody was looking for the little things, and now. However, many years later, they're finding all those those little things, which tells part of the story. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, what is your definition of treasure? And if you're an archaeologist, exactly, you're, you're definitely microscopic or macroscopic, right? It's right, like, right, exactly. Gold. Good deal. Yeah. Well, well, we've kept you on here long enough, so I, I told these guys a story. But Larry and I had been talking back and forth on the time, and somehow I got our times mixed up. I thought they were an hour behind us. They're an hour ahead of us. So at 5 o'clock our time, he was texting, hey, are you guys ready? (laughs) I'm like, oh. I was was sitting here with my beer. (laughs) (laughs) So you're on beer beer three now. (laughs) So what, what you didn't know and I didn't say at the time is our electric was out here at the time. So it, it would have been an interesting pod. We could still do it because I have battery backup for the podcast stuff. But, yeah, we, we were yeah. sitting in the dark at the moment. But it all worked out. <laughs> all worked out. So you guys got anything else for Larry before we sign off? Let uh, him I would go tell him that uh, I spent years, uh, last few years, enjoying watching what he does and, and the Oak Island and understanding what you do and respect what you do. And 
and and it's important to document what we see and i i appreciate what you do and i think the masses appreciate what you do absolutely yeah, that's my word too we well, appreciate it and we appreciate what you're doing your patience <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and so for the ones of us that have been to nova scotia it's a you know beautiful beautiful, beautiful part of God, the continent gorgeous. and yeah. uh, we yeah. really enjoyed it up there and hope to get back there my home bay baby hope mm-hmm. to get back there sometime yeah. relevant relatively soon um I don't know. Is the border open yet? The border's open, but you, you can't get on Oak Island this okay. year. Right. So, so maybe we'll next back. year. We'll be maybe back next to Mexico. Yep. So, Laird, I, I remember my first. Oh, go, sorry. Go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. For my, my first trip on Oak Island, we just did it. We did it this morning. Scott Guppel and I. Well, Scott Guppel. Wow. Scott Barlow and I. That's good beer you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you. You come down Center Road and you take a left to go up Swamp Road and you get this view of Mahone Bay. Yes. And I remember seeing that the first time ever and thinking, you know what, that's your goal there. That that's right. That's, that's a trek. It is, right. and it? it's beautiful yeah. there. Yeah, for for us as viewers and fans of the show, the eye opening experience for us driving there is when we pulled up and there was the causeway all of a sudden it just, you know out of nowhere there was the causeway for oak island for us that's a big deal you it was, know? Was, yeah. and then yeah. i mean the island itself is just and there's there's so many nooks and crannies things that have done been i mean you can see pilings have done in the past and there's so much history of what had been done previously and now what you're finding in the swamp is just uh, i can't wait for the upcoming season quite honestly well, fingers crossed. Everything works out. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so we'd like to thank you for being on our show, Laird. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and uh, good luck dealing with the Laginas. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. All right. Thank you, and thanks for the support. It actually means a lot. All right. Good. All right. Thank Take you. care. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. What an awesome evening we had here at the Speakeasy interviewing Lair Niven from the Curse of Oak Island, the lead archaeologist. You learn a lot of things talking to the man who's actually on the site. That's all I can say. You know, we'd like to thank him from the bottom of our hearts, and uh, maybe we'll hook up next year after they find some more goodies on the Curse of Oak Island. We'd like everybody to mark their calendars for Saturday, June 4th. It's the second installment of concerts at the Columbia Street Music District in Metamore, Indiana. And guess what? We've got the main act. He's going to be on our podcast next week. It's none other than the Blues Boogie Woogie and New Orleans Piano Aficionado, Mr. Ricky Nye. He'll be our guest next week talking about the concert on June 4th. You don't want to miss it. We'll go over the other acts that will be there as well. It's going to be a great time. Once again, June 4th, the Columbia Street Music District in Metamore, Indiana. So once again, for Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, I'm Alan Stanger, and you've been listening to Cross the Line, 1524. Just want to drink And that's all I got now Don't you think Pay no attention to bottles on the floor Okay, pretend well I'll have just one more Okay, pretend well I'll have just one more Yeah, give me one before you kick me out the door